All right, it is that time every week. We get in the cage here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. A pleasure to bring back to the program. It's been way too long since we've had a chance to speak to this man, and you know him, you love him. He's Washington's own, Parkland's own, one of the greatest to ever do it. The one, the only Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson, is with us. DJ, what's up, man? Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me back on. It's been too long. It's been way too long. Your your fans out here in your your home state have been aching to hear from you, and it's, it's been it feels like you've been off the grid. You're out there fighting for one championship, and uh, we'll get into the fight you've got coming up here in April. But what's this experience been like for you? Does it does it feel like you you've lost touch with people? Does it feel like you're you're on a on a completely different schedule from everybody else? No, you know, I don't feel like I'm out of touch with anybody. It's been, you know, obviously everybody got affected with COVID-19 last year. And now with the world kind of waking back up, you know, I'm going to be able to compete in Asia at Singapore live on TNT. So I'm super excited about that. And I think the fans are excited to see me get back in the cage too. Yeah. And you're going to be fighting for the belt, which is is the rightful place for you. That's coming up uh coming up in April against uh, Morass, and we'll get into that in a moment. But you've got three fights under your belt under the uh, one championship banner. What what is what's to give people the biggest difference for those that haven't seen it, uh, just in terms of the product, of the the talent level. Is it what you expected? Is it is it are the the fighters better than you thought? Give me give me your feeling after three fights. Yeah, I mean the talent over there is great. I mean these guys have been fighting their whole entire life. It's embedded in their culture. You know, in America, you know. When you have children, you're putting them in football. You're trying to make them the next LeBron James, et cetera. And over in Asia, it's like they're going to do Taekwondo or Wushu or whatever it may be. Um, that's how I feel. And over there, you're not going to be just fighting in a cage all the time. It could be a cage ring. You're also surrounded by athletes all around the world. I mean, this is the first time I've ever competed in a promotion where I feel, you know, I'm the new kid on the block. There's a gentleman from Italy, you know, Europe, uh, Manila, Japan, so many different translators. So it's, you know, been amazing, and I'm so grateful to have this experience. Well, what what is it? I mean, obviously, when you're fighting in the UFC for as long as you did, you knew everybody, right? You knew who Henry Cejudo was. You knew who Ray Borg was or, or John Dotson or whoever your opponents were. Everybody's very familiar. I, I, did you have to do a bunch of research on your opponents there? Did you have any familiarity with them? Yeah, I, I had to do some uh, research because I don't really follow the I don't really follow Japanese mixed martial arts like I used to when I was a, a kid. So I did have to look up all my athletes, uh, which is you know it is what it is. When you're in one promotion for so long uh, in the UFC, you you kind of get to know everybody. <laughs> right, and and so it, it, did that have any impact once you got into the cage with these guys? Did you feel like okay? I, I don't know, maybe just a different level of nervous energy because you're not nearly as familiar with what these guys do, what their tendencies are. Or you've seen their history the way you did with all these UFC fighters. Um, I would say just nervous being a new kid on the block and going over there to perform was probably the, what made me the most nervous. You know, I, I came into, into the organization with a lot of praise, a lot of stuff I've competed, uh, not competed, I've accomplished in my previous organization. So, you know, people expect to do the exact same thing. That's where the nervousness come from. You know, you're always going to run into somebody. You're going to watch film, enough film on them, game plan. But other than that, you just never know. You know, I just, that's how I get nervous. Everybody's like, oh, shit, they need me perform good. I got to do my best. Hey, did you, do you get a sense that you're the guy that everybody wants to take out? Because you do come with that reputation. You are considered one of the greatest to ever do it. You show up in a new promotion. I would imagine every guy out there is going, oh, yeah, I'm going to show the world. I'm going to take out one of the best. Do you, do you feel like there's a different intensity aimed at you? 
1,000%. It's like being back in high school, trying to kick my ass, my friend. Yes, I absolutely feel that. You know, um, I have a lot of high praise. Everybody keeps calling me the GOAT, and people want to have my name, you know, under their resume as I beat him, not as he beat me. So that's one of the motivations I use to, you know, when I'm training in the gym is that, you know, if, if someone's going to beat me, they're going to have to put me out on my shield. Like, I'm not going down with a fight. I worked too hard to get to this point in my career to have this reputation. You know, I built my reputation up you know, organically, stone by stone. And, you know, someone's going to, you know, take that from me. They're going to have to tear it down stone by stone. As far as your, your career, I mean, you've got 30, what, you got 34 fights in your career, I believe, at this point. You're 34 years old. You're certainly not old. But I'm wondering, are you starting to look, okay, I want to fight three more years or four more years or two more. Do you have any any sort of deadlines that you've you've established? Absolutely. I mean, 34 years. I just say 34 years. Yeah, I'm not young, but I'm not no spring chicken. Uh, I mean, you think about it. I've been fighting since I've been 18 years old, been competing since I could in high school. So there's going to come a point in time where there is a point in time where I'm like, I'm ready to, you know, start slowing down. So I say I give myself three to four more years of competing and, you know, see where my career goes from there and just relax and just retire. Do you, do you feel like there's anything you used to be able to do when you were 24 versus 34? Or you feel like, all right, I, I could do that then. I can't do that now. Just recovery. That's that's the biggest thing, man. And it's just recovery. You know, I've always e- eaten good. Um, it's just like high school. Well, not high school, but it's just like, you know, when you're, you're younger, you go to the bar, slam down three or four beers, and you wake up next day, you're able to do it again. <laughs> you know, now when you're 34 years old, you try to slam down two beers, and you're going to bed at 9 o'clock at night, and you're like, oh, man, that's the wake up tomorrow. It's like, oh, those two beers put a, put a number on me. So, <laughs> Just, just that man. Like I don't recover like I used to, and that's that's a hard thing, and that's a, the sad reality of being an athlete. Is you know, as we get older, we do lose that you know the essence of recovery fast. So now I try to do my best. Like when I'm not doing interviews, when I'm not doing anything, my life is great about just sweat and do nothing, relax. So once I'm done this interview, I'm jumping on the couch, I'm putting my legs in my normal tech, and I'm gonna <laughs> let my legs heal before the next session. Hey, how much are you watching UFC? How much are you following the flyweight division there, just kind of keeping an eye on things? Are you still a, are you still watching the UFC, watching Bellator, watching everybody else? Yeah, I watch. I, I still watch it. You know, I watched the last fight, uh, Kamar Usman versus Gilbert Burns. Great fight. Um, I'm a big fan of Kamar Usman. I feel like I give him enough credit as he is due. Um, absolutely great champion. So, and, and I still follow the flyweight division because I still have you know friends there, Joseph Benavidez. Uh, you know, I like. I like Figueroa. I think he's he's a phenomenal athlete. Henry Cejudo, if he's retired or not, who knows? So I, I still keep my eyes open. All right, last one before I ask you about the fight you got coming up. You brought up Henry Cejudo, and I told you this after that last fight, and I know you heard it from everybody else. You didn't lose that fight. I, I thought you got screwed out of that decision. They gave it to Henry Cejudo. That's fine. Is there any part of you that would like to fight him again just to sort of establish, hey, man, I beat you the first time. I didn't get the decision, but I beat you the second time, and I'm going to do it for a third time. If the fight happens, it happens. I'm not I, – I get so, you know, focused on what's in front of me, which is, you know, Adrian Reyes and who my next one is. But, you know, obviously if the fight got scheduled and lined up, absolutely I'll be motivated to get that one back and, you know, make it 2-1 for was, me, not him. <laughs> yeah, was, was that a hard one? Do you, I, I know you've gone back and had to have watched that fight. I mean, if I were you, I'd be looking at it going, what were the judges looking at? Is that a – was that a hard pill to swallow after you went back and watched it? No, I've never been a hard. I've never been like a, a person that kind of like 
you know, beats my beats myself about it. You know, I'll sit there and I watch and I'm like, you know what, maybe I you know, me and my coach we sat there and we watched it and he was like, you know what? The biggest thing that we look at this fight is that you let him dictate the fight and you didn't dictate the fight yourself. And that that's literally minor things where it's like you just gotta make certain adjustments and go after it. And the biggest thing is always a learning process. Whether you win or lose, I've learned from that fight and I'm able to, you know, bounce back with three fights, now I'm fighting for another world title over in Asia. So now, you know, just got to go out there and keep on doing what I do best and hopefully stay healthy and win. All right. Well, let, let's talk about it. I mean, this is a big deal, not only because you're fighting and you're fighting for a title, but uh, you're making the debut one on TNT. So you're getting a, a nice platform out here. It's happening April 7th. Uh, for the listeners out there that maybe, again, aren't as dialed into one, the one promotion, tell people what they're in store for on April 7th. I mean, April 7th, you have me taking on Adrian Marais for the flyweight belt. You have Eddie Alvarez taking on uh, Lupe uh, Icarus, I believe, uh, a great, phenomenal striker. You also have phenomenal striker Rod King uh, making his, you know, U.S. prime debut. Um, it's going to be stars. And it's not just going to be just mixed martial arts. You got kickboxing and Muay Thai, and it's going to be sick. Don't miss it. And it's going to be live. It's free and live on TNT. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. No, that's a that's a huge platform, and people might be able to get to see it for the first time since you left the UFC, which I think is awesome. They'll get exposed to the one championship product. Tell me about Adriano Mores. I mean, for people that may not be familiar with him, this is he's the title holder. You you've got three fights under your belt. You worked your way up to this fight. What do you know about him? What can you tell people about him? Yeah, he's a great phenomenal uh, athlete, great champion, <clears throat> very tall for the weight class, great grappler very long and he, he's tough. I know he's not going to go down easy and I feel like he has something to prove and I know he's going to do everything in his power to, you know, try to, try to finish me. Yeah. He's listed at five, eight is, is that the tallest f- fighter you faced? Will it be? No, I, I, I face uh five eleven, which is Miguel Torres, but he feels like he's taller than that just because he, his legs are very scrawny. <laughs> wow. Okay. So five, eight. So you're used to having the, they, they tend to have the reach advantage and all of that on you. Not a big deal for you. What, What's the key? Just before we let you go, how does this, if, if things go the way you want, how does this thing end? It ends with me coming out healthy, unscathed, and looking to make my next title defense against one of the other athletes in the division. All right, so you don't want to make a, a prediction of a knockout, a submission, a decision, nothing like that? Oh, come on, Bob. You know me. I've never <laughs> given a prediction my whole entire life. I thought you might have changed. We haven't talked in a while. Maybe things have changed since you've been over there. But all right. So you come out on top. That's that's all that matters in this one. April 7th, one on TNT. It's going to be a great, great card headlined by, as I said, one of the greatest to ever do it, Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson. Man, I'm glad we got a chance to catch up again. I'm, I'm always pulling for you, my friend, uh, and looking forward to this fight. And hopefully once you get that belt around your waist, we can just talk about it after the fight and relive the glory of a big win. Yeah, talk about it and get me in the studio. We will absolutely do that. DJ, I wish you the best, my friend. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate you.